but also is an excellent and funny speaker. So it's my pleasure to hand over to Colin. Yeah. I don't know about excellent or funny. I've got about two jokes and I've used all them up ages back, so... Yeah. Well, thanks, Joe, and uh, thanks to the band. It's been, uh, been brilliant. I went to, uh, last year, I went to a, a concert in, in Manchester, Manchester Arena. And, uh, oh, if you're, if you're trendy, the gigs aren't there, you know, so it's, uh, but um, I, I wouldn't miss it, waiting for, for the band to come on. And uh, just, you know, just everybody's just milling about. And I was sat in my seat, and then somebody came along the row, came to my seat, uh, really full of bravado, and he says, that's my seat, you're in my seat. So have you ever done that? Have you ever got in the wrong seat? And, and it's really embarrassing, isn't it? And uh, so I'm, I'm trying to find my ticket. I've done with my ticket. Where should I be? And, uh, and actually the person sat next to me. Well, I, I didn't know the one. They actually stepped to the person... The saw that his ticket and said, actually, it's you, you're in the wrong place. You're, this is not your row. And so the guy, he didn't say a word, he just walked off and just found his seat. And, uh, you know, I was annoyed for, for one thing. I was annoyed because he didn't apologise, he didn't say a word. But I was also annoyed because I'd, I'd apologised to him for being in my own seat. <laughs> and then he sat just a few rows in front of me, so I had his... He's bolded. Not that anything wrong with having a bolded, but his bolded was staring at me for, for the rest of the. And I will try not to, to think bad thoughts to it, but uh, but some people they can seem really confident, can't they? Sometimes that that, uh, that display of confidence is uh, is is a, a bit of a front, might be a bit of bravado. But. Um, some people just seem really self-confident. I had a check as I was preparing this at a, a popular online retailer and uh, seeing, what I, seeing how many books they had about confidence and all that. And, and there's pages and pages of it. Just have a look. And they've just got loads on them. Obviously, that's, that's a money-making thing. If you can tell people how to be confident, then make a book on it and you're going to make a lot of money. And uh, so there's, there's pages of books. Some people are naturally more confident than others. But as, as Christians, we can be confident in, in the hope that we've got. We're going to read from, from Hebrews. Uh, it's the letter to the Hebrews. It's one that I've looked at when I've been speaking here quite a number of times in, uh, in the past few months. And, uh, but it's, it's, it's a, I think it's a, it's a really great, great letter in the Bible. It's, uh, it's really encouraging. It's, it's, it's written to a, a group of people who... Who having a, a crisis of confidence in their faith, and they've seen a lot of their friends d- depart from, uh, from from being with them, and uh, so the writer is encouraging his readers to to be confident and to, to have confidence in uh, not in themselves but in Jesus. And this is what he says in in these words, Hebrews four, verse fourteen. The writer says, "Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven." Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. 
Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. So that, that verse tells us that, that our confidence doesn't come from anything that we've got in ourselves. It's not, uh, we're not, it's not um, encouraging us to be self-confident. It's encouraging us to be confident in, in Christ, in the hope that we've got, in the faith that we've got. We can be confident in that hope. We can have a, a strong uh, foundation to, to build on. It says that, that verse 16, it, it says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. That is uh, what, it's, what it's telling us. Be confident in him. The message says, let, let us walk right up to him and get what he's ready to give. Take the mercy and accept the help. So walk up to him, walk up to God with confidence. That, that is amazing, isn't it? That uh, we can walk up to the, to the creator of the universe and we can go up to him with confidence. We can have certainty that he's going to accept us, that he's not going to turn us away when we come in the name of Jesus. And so as Christians, we can be a confident people. Not as we've said, because of, of anything that we've done ourselves. Our confidence is not based on what we have done. It's based entirely on what Jesus has done. We need to w- know what it means to be a follower of Jesus. What, what, what have we got when we follow Christ? What is, does it mean? First and foremost, it means that, that we, we're forgiven, we're, we're restored and in a right relationship with God. And that's, that's pretty wonderful. But what does it mean in our everyday lives? What, what has it got to say to us? As we read uh, these verses, we see that we can approach the throne of grace with confidence when we receive Jesus as Saviour. We can have confidence in approaching him. We need to realise what a great privilege that is. It, it's, it's such a privilege, isn't it, to be able to, to go up to, to God to walk up to him, to, to approach him with confidence, to know that we can bring our needs, bring our cares, bring whatever anxieties we've got. We can come to him and know he's not going to turn us away. So wherever we are this morning, whatever uh, you've come with, whatever uh, week you've had, whatever circumstances you've got, we can bring it to God through the name of Jesus. We can bring it to a, a saviour who, who loves us and who cares for us and who knows uh, everything that we're going through and he wants us uh, to come to him and it, and he wants, to, he wants to help us, and he wants to be with us. When you look at the Old Testament, the, the people in the Old Testament didn't have that, that privilege. Uh, the high priest, once a year, would, would, would come into the most holy place. That's, that was actually where God was, a symbol of where God was. And only the high priest could do that. The, the ordinary uh, person, you and me, we couldn't do that. We couldn't approach uh, God's presence like that. Because... Uh, we weren't, we weren't uh, permitted to do that. And so once a year, the high priest would come into the most holy place. But Jesus has got rid of all that. He's got rid of that, that separation where uh, we can't approach God. And he's made it so that we are able to approach him and to come into his presence. And so it's, it's good news, isn't it? Jesus has dealt with, with everything that separates us from him, that separates us from God. He's taken that barrier away. That's what we're celebrating last week at Easter. We're celebrating that Jesus died and that Jesus rose again and is alive today. 
That's why we're celebrating the baptisms last week. That's, it's always great when there's baptisms, isn't it? Because it's, it's a reminder that, that people are celebrating that Jesus, what Jesus has done in their lives. That Jesus has come into them and is, is put them in a right relationship with God. He's restored them and that they can come into God's presence. So wherever you are, if you're trusted in Jesus, you can come into the presence of God. And so... Baptism is just a real, really good reminder and a great time to, to rejoice in that. It says, it says again in, in Hebrews 10, verse, verse 19, the writer says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened up to us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with a full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with the pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. That's a confidence. The writer encourages, have that confidence. Hold on to it unswervingly. Don't let anyone distract you. Don't let anyone tell you that you you can't be confident in in the hope that you have in Jesus because the hope that we have in him, that is something steadfast. There are different areas and where we need to to take all that confidence and where we need to to live it out in our lives. It's important that we we, we take hold of this. We need to know who we are in Jesus. We need to know what that means. That God is our Heavenly Father. He cares for us and He wants what's best for us. We can be secure in a God who loves us. So our confidence comes from Jesus. It doesn't come from anything outward. I don't usually try and uh, say anything controversial, but I might might do this morning. In recent years, there's been a Facebook campaign. I don't know if you've seen it. And it comes around Easter, and it's to do with Easter eggs. And people start saying, it's terrible that Easter eggs no longer say Easter on them. It's a conspiracy. You know, it's, 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 you know, it's trying to do away with our, our Christian heritage and all that. Uh, because these Easter eggs, they don't say Easter on them. You know, it should say Easter on the Easter eggs. When I get an Easter egg... There's two considerations that I make. One is, does it taste good? And the other, what, how much does it cost? <laughs> now, this, this last week in, in, in the calendar, it's one of the best weeks in the, in, the, in the calendar because it's the week when all the Easter eggs are cheap. That, that's brilliant. I love that. You know, I, went, I went to do my shopping and... You know, the, the eggs were just calling out to me. They were saying, you know, buy me, buy me, you know. So I, I did, have, I got some eggs, got some Easter eggs. And you know what? When I got them home, it didn't say Easter on them. You know, when I found that out, my faith didn't collapse. My, I didn't say, I can't, I, can't, I can't preach tomorrow. I can't go to church because it doesn't say Easter on the Easter eggs. So it's, it's all... Everything's collapsed under my, my, my faith has collapsed. It didn't do that. You know what? It doesn't matter if it says Easter on the Easter eggs. You don't need a Facebook campaign to say, it's got to say Easter on the Easter eggs. Why do we as Christians have to have somebody who's not a believer 
affirm something that they don't believe in order for us to uh, be confident about it. We don't need that. If we're not careful, we can put um, our faith and uh, want our faith validated by something outward, by an outward um, for, by an outward person. It, uh, I, I checked, I looked in, in the Bible, and it doesn't actually say chocolate in the Bible. Can't find it. It's got figs in the Bible. Figs are in the Bible. But there's no, no chocolate in the Bible. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. Neil, Neil suggests Easter figs next year. So. so why should we seek the approval of those who have not had an encounter with God in order to validate our faith? We don't need that at all. So it doesn't matter if they're called Easter eggs, if they're called chocolate eggs, if they're called oval chocolate treats or well Carlos actually bought me an R2D2 and I don't think he's in the Bible at all Um, chocolate R2D2 (laughs) just depends what version you read I think actually Jesus told us to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations make disciples of all people we have to have confidence in the good news that Jesus died and that he rose again. We can have confidence in that. Jesus gives us eternal life. That's pretty good news. We don't need to have a, a Facebook campaign to try and manipulate people who don't believe what we believe, to try and manipulate them into saying things that they don't believe, yeah. Our job is to go out and to take the gospel to, to the people who don't believe and to be good news, not to come down and say, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. Our job is to say, this is good news. We've got a good news of a saviour who, who wants to, to come into your life. And so we can have confidence in that hope. We don't need someone to, to, to validate that hope who doesn't believe it. We can have confidence. And doesn't matter what anybody else says, that, that confidence is something we can be certain about. We've had an encounter with the risen Jesus. And our job is to take that, that good news out. Now, we might do that. We might do that using chocolate eggs. We might do that using daffodils. We might do that using bouncy castles. We might do it using barbecues or helping in the community. We might use all these ways in order to, to bring the good news uh, and to, to, to speak the good news to people. However we do it, our task is to, to be people who, who are people of good news, which are to bring uh, the, the word, bring the gospel. Any way that we can do it, just as long as we speak it out that Jesus is alive. We might get opposition, we might get people who laugh uh, at what we believe. Sometimes people might try and intimidate us, but you know what? Some people are Christians throughout the world who are being persecuted. When a chocolate company doesn't put Easter on the Easter eggs, that's not persecution. Dying for your faith, that's, or being in danger of your your life, that's persecution. Some people are facing that. Some people have got that. That's real in their lives. So sometimes we just need to 
just grow up a bit sometimes and just get a grip sometimes, you know, and, you know, realise what really is important. But we can be confident in the hope that we've got. It's, it's a strong hope. You know, it's something that we can hold on. No, no, no one's going to shake that. No one's going to take that away from us. We can have confidence when we're under attack. Sometimes when we're under spiritual attack, we can be confident that the, the, the God that we serve, that Jesus is stronger than all that. There are times when we do face, face times of, of difficulty, times of trial. It might be um, people, uh, things that people say to us. It might be circumstances that we're going through. But there are, there are times when we, we go through real and proper times of spiritual attack as, as believers. Reminded in Paul's letter to the Ephesians that we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And so there is an unseen battle going on. We need to be aware of that. We need to be aware that that is the case. We often don't realise that the spiritual dimension to many of the, of the problems that we face, many of the, uh, the circumstances that we go through, uh, we don't realise at times that there's actually a spiritual element to this. There's a, an element that, um, you know, that that's goes beyond what we can see with our eyes. Something's going on. So we need to be aware of that. We need to recognise that there are times when we can come under spiritual attack. Paul uses this picture of a, of a soldier in these verses in, in Ephesians, uh, of a soldier being uh, clothed in armour to protect him from um, for the battle that he's in. All the different parts of the armour uh, that Paul mentions represent different things, and they're all, all worth a study on their own, but we're not going to look into that. But if you, if, when you get home, just read, read the passage in Ephesians 6, 10 to 20, and just spend some time just, just reading that, just meditating on what, uh, what it means, what these, the, this armour means. But to sum it all up in the, the, the armour, um, Paul is reminding his readers that they can stand firm, that they, they can be strong, that they can have confidence. They can have confidence when they face spiritual attack because uh, the, the strength that we have in Jesus is, is stronger than all the, the attacks that we, that we get against us. If we stand in our own strength, then we've got nothing. We've got, we're going we're to come a cropper. But if we, if we stand in the strength of Jesus, then that is something that, that no one can, can stand against. No, uh, oh, no powers on this earth, no powers in, uh, that are unseen can stand against the name of Jesus. We need to have confidence in the name of Jesus. We need to know who we are in him. We need to know that we can stand in him when we are facing spiritual attack. Confidence can never be in anything that we do ourselves. It's only by trusting in Him. Sometimes the things that we face and the circumstances that we go through might seem overwhelming. It doesn't mean that God has disappeared. God has, has not just disappeared in a, in a puff of smoke. But when we're in those times, we need to renew our confidence in Him, renew that hope that we've got in Him, we just remind ourselves of what, what God has done. We'll have battles. We should never go looking for these battles. Don't go looking for them. They'll find you soon enough without you having to 
without having to look for them. But when we do, when, when we find them, then stand firm. Stand firm in who we are in Jesus. Put on the armour of God and be, be strong in him. Sometimes at the battles, maybe in the form of the thoughts that we think that doubts and fears about our faith. Maybe we start to doubt, are we really saved? And we, we get the, all these, these messages coming in and we think, you know, if I was a Christian, would I do that? Does God really love me? Can he forgive me? Have I, have I gone too far? Maybe look to our past and we think, well, you know, can God forgive that? Maybe even as Christians, we, we've let him down and we think, well, if I were really a Christian, would I have done that? And sometimes we can get, get overwhelmed with these thoughts and these um, spiritual attacks, what it is sometimes, but stand firm in him. It says in 1 John 1, 8 and 9, it says, if we claim that we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you are troubled by, by your past, by something that you've done recently, hold on to that verse. If we say we've got no sin, then, then we, we're, not, you know, we're not deceiving anybody but ourselves. But confess our sins to him and he will deal with it. He will deal with it. By confessing our sins to him, it is dealt with. He can deal with the past. We'd often like to turn the clock back, wouldn't we? If only I could change what I did back then. If only I could do that differently. If only I could do it a different way, then I'd do it a different way. But we can't turn the clock back. But what God can do is he can deal with our past. He can deal with our failures. He can deal with it. And it doesn't make it that it didn't happen, but it means that he restores us and that in him he deals and he can make it good. God can deal with us and he can forgive us. He can deal with our, our past mistakes. I mentioned this point before, but I think it's, it's worth mentioning again because we need to, to, to grab hold of this. God is, is a merciful and a gracious God. And that, that is good. That is pretty good news. God is merciful. God is, God is gracious. That is true. But actually, these verses in 1 John don't rely on the fact that God is merciful and gracious in order for us to have that assurance that we're saved. It tells us that, we are, that he's just. God is just. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Perhaps we don't want, to, want God to be just. Perhaps we don't want to face God's justice if we think, well, if I face God's justice, then I, I'm, I'm not going to come out well. And if we don't know Jesus as our saviour, then that is true, actually. But once we know Jesus as our saviour, once we've had that experience, of, that encounter of, of having Jesus as our Lord, then... He comes in and he forgives us. And so we can stand before God with that confidence once we've given our lives to Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. Basically saying that the bill has been paid for your sin and for my sin. The bill has been paid. It's been dealt with. Jesus has dealt with our sin. He's forgiven us. That's not just words. That's actually 
a legal transaction in, in a sense that, that Jesus carried out on the cross where he paid for our sin. He paid the price that we couldn't pay. So when it says that God is just, uh, what, it, what he's saying, what John is saying, is that God has received the payment for our sin. So when you, when you come to God and you think, well, I've, I've, gone, I've done, gone too far, you can't forgive me, you can't forgive me again, look to that. The payment has been paid. God is just. He's not going to demand payment again. He's not going to come to you and say, I need payment for your fault, for what you've done, because our, the debt has been paid on the cross. Have confidence. If you mess up, if you fail, that isn't the end of the road, because Jesus has dealt with that. He's dealt with it already. God won't demand payment twice. Because he's just, Jesus died on the cross. He completed what we couldn't pay. He paid it in full. So God is merciful, and I'm glad that he's merciful. God is gracious, I'm, God, I'm glad that he's gracious. But God is just. And when he's received payment, then he will not receive it again. Of course, we need, we need to know that we're in Jesus. If you've not received Jesus as your saviour, then you can have that, that good news. You can receive that, that good news and you can know that you are forgiven if you receive Jesus as your saviour. If we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you've got a phone contract, then you pay, you pay so much for, for your calls, for your data for you, your text and all that and they also pay so much for the, for the phone that you've got and you, when the contract comes up, comes to an end then you act, the phone is actually paid for but some of these companies, they won't tell you that you've paid, that you've come to the end and that you've paid for the phone and they'll keep on charging you the full price unless you, unless you realise it unless you respond to them and tell them you know, I've, I've come to the end of my contract they're not going to tell you and say you don't need to keep paying that. And they'll, they'll, take, they'll take from you as long as you're willing to give it. God isn't like that. He's received payment and he's not going to uh, take payment again. He's not going to demand it again. We couldn't pay the price for our sin. But Jesus could. And he's dealt with it. And then we can have confidence that he's never going to leave us. Sometimes we have a tendency to, to go on how we feel. How do you feel this morning? What are you feeling like? That can depend on any number of circumstances. It can depend on how much sleep we've had. It can depend on if we've had the first coffee of the day. It can depend on what the weather's like. If it's sunny outside, then we feel great. If it's, if it's rainy, then oh, everything's awful. And it can depend on whether Barnsley are doing well. You know, this... If that's the case, then this, this year you might be feeling brilliant. You know, but then next year, will you, will you feel as good? Yes. Yes. <laughs> our, our feelings depend on any number of things that, you know, that, that might, might happen. And sometimes we make the mistake of thinking because it doesn't feel like God is with us, then it means we're not really Christians. Have you ever felt like that, that God's not there? And it feels distant. Yeah, of course, it, that happens to us all. And sometimes if we're not careful, we think that because we feel like that, that, that God's, well, where is he? He's, he's disappeared. Is it, is it real after all? Is, if, is this what I've put my faith in? Is it all real? But we're not to put our faith in how we feel. 
So as we said, there's any number of things, any number of outward circumstances can, can affect how we feel. But instead, God's word says it in Hebrews 13, verse 5, God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. So we can stand firm on God's word. His promise is something that we rely on. It's trustworthy. He's not going to leave us all on our own. He's not going to leave us to to deal with uh, the problems that we go through on our own. He's going to go with us through them. We might not always feel like that. It might not always feel as though God is with us. That doesn't mean that he's disappeared. Of course, we all like to feel good. I like to feel good. I like to feel happy. I like to feel on top of the world, but I don't always feel like that. It's good to remind ourselves of God's goodness when we feel down, when we don't feel him. Just remind ourselves of of what God has done. Remind ourselves of the truth of his word, of the truth of scripture, the the words that we've been reading. Remind ourselves of of the the songs that we we sing, the words that we sing, some of the words when you're feeling down. Just just praise God and and just thank him and and just sing the songs that that you're... Uh, that you've been singing uh, just remind yourself of what God has done just remind yourself of of God's goodness sometimes we need to stir up uh, our hope when we're feeling like that in Psalm 51 um, David said these words he said restore to me the joy of your salvation David had been a very silly man at this point in his, his life he'd done a few silly things and it made a bit of a mess of his of everything and he came to realize that and he said restore to me the joy of your salvation he said restore it to me what David didn't say he didn't say save me again Lord he says restore your salvation to me he didn't say that because he was a child of God even though he'd messed up even though he'd failed he'd failed big time really really had even though he'd messed up like that, he was still a child of God. God had not finished with him. God had not washed his hands of him. What David said was, restore to me the joy of your salvation. He was already saved. He was already secure in God. But he'd lost that joy. He'd lost that celebration of, of being a child of God because his, his life had, had been a mess. He'd messed things up. And so he lost that joy of serving God. And so he says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. And so what he needed restoring was that joy that was his in Jesus. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Sometimes that needs to be our prayer. Sometimes the way that we live can put that uh, that cloud between us and God. But that doesn't mean that we're not a child of God anymore. Sometimes we need to pray, restore to me the joy of your salvation. We need to just come to God and just renew who we are in him. David's joy had gone through circumstances of his own making, through his own foolishness. And that that can happen. It can just be, uh, our joy can go through, through no fault of our own as well. That can happen and you don't have to be. You don't have to keep looking for the fault if, if if you don't feel that joy. But if you don't feel it, it's 
It doesn't mean that God isn't there. We don't depend on how we feel to, uh, to, to, to make us uh, confident in, in whether it's true or not. It is true, whether you feel it or not, it is true that Jesus died, that Jesus rose again, and that Jesus is living, and is living in you. If you're a child of God, Jesus is living in you by his Holy Spirit. And you might not feel it, you might not always feel that he's there, but that doesn't, that doesn't change the fact that he's there, that the, 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 the same Lord who raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you. And so if you receive Jesus as your Lord, that is true. You can claim that, you can stand on that promise. It is it's certain, it is strong, it is a, a steadfast hope that we've got. So our feelings may fluctuate. Like David, we might even do silly things that cause us to not feel God's presence or to not feel um, that God is with us. Yep, that might happen even for no apparent reason, as we've said. But none of this means that he's left us. He still loves us. He's still there and he still cares for us. So then, in conclusion, as Christians we can... And we should have confidence. That's, that should be there. This, this letter to the Hebrews, that is, that is written, as we said, to, to people who, who are not feeling confident. They've got lots of, circum, lots of circumstances going on. They've got a lot of hard stuff going on in, in their lives. And they are facing persecution. But the writer says, you can be confident. Our confidence is in Jesus. Have that confidence. Build your confidence on him. And have that that, that hope in him. A confidence isn't a false confidence where we put on a front and we pretend uh, to be something that we're not. We don't have to pretend that we're feeling great. We don't have to pretend that, that everything's going fantastic if that's not how, it, how it's going. But yet, through all that, we can have that, that certain hope that, that Jesus is reliable, that he's there and that he's not given up on us. He is still there. It is solid ground. If the band want to start making the way back up, please. It's good to know who we are in him. We are, we are children of the King of Kings, and that's, that's a great privilege. It's all brought about by what Jesus has done for us. We can approach the throne of grace with boldness. It says we approach the throne of grace that we may, we may receive mercy. We never stop uh, needing mercy. We never stop needing grace. But the good news is that God gives it and he bestows upon it in abundance. He bestows it upon us in abundance. We can know that we're loved by him. We can know that we're secure. There's no greater hope than knowing Jesus the Savior. There's no greater basis of confidence than knowing him. So take hold of that. If you're discouraged, if, you, if, you, if you're struggling with that, then take hold of that hope. Take hold of it and hold it firmly. It says in Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8, it says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that, sent, that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when he comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Jeremiah is saying, put your roots down in the Lord. When you put your roots in him, when you, when you feed upon him, 
when you feed upon all that God has done, then there will be times of drought. There will be times when it is hard, when the going is hard. But because you've put the, the moves down, you've put them into God, you've put them into the Saviour who is, who is alive, then you can put those roots down and that will sustain you because Jesus is strong enough, God is strong enough and God will sustain you through those times when he seems distant, when it seems as though you're in a time of drought and you will still bear fruit. And you might not always see the fruit yourself. We don't always realise that we're bearing that fruit. But often others see that. And when we put those roots in, down into God, down into Christ in the, in the times when it's easier to do so and that sustains us when the going is hard, when we're going through the time of drought and we will go through that, we will go through the time when it feels as though it's a time of drought but yet God remains faithful even then and he will never give up on us and that is the confidence that we have a confidence that no one can take away from us to stand for our last song isn't it amazing that we've got such confidence in God that no matter what he's so faithful to us we're just so worthy of our praise this morning when darkness tries to roll over my bones when sorrow comes to steal the joy I owe When brokenness and pain is all I know And I won't be shaken And I won't be shaken My fear doesn't stand a chance When I stand in your love My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Shame no longer has a place to hide. I'm not a captive to the lie. I'm not afraid to leave my past behind And I won't be shaken And I won't be shaken My fear doesn't stand a chance When I stand in your love My fear doesn't stand a chance When I stand in your love My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. This power that can break up every chain. The 
there's power that could empty out a grave. There's resurrection power that can save. There's power in your name. Power in your name. There's power that can break off every chain. There's power that can empty out a grave. There's resurrection power that can save. There's power in your name. Power in your name. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Well, I'm standing in your love. 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 Lord, I thank you that we have no fear. Stand in your love, Lord. We have such confidence in you, Lord. No matter what our week's been, we can bring it to you, Lord. We thank you so much for that. Amen. So, as end of our morning service, just a reminder: we don't have an evening service tonight. Um, if you